0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, Just wanted to sit down with you, Kimberly, and just kind of talk through like, you know, startup, like business, um, how did you get your start, that kind of thing. Um, Maybe you can start off with like, you know, maybe what was like your earliest kind of memory with uh, like the legal profession? Sure.
1: Um, I think I started thinking about the legal profession when I was in high school, I've always enjoyed arguing and debating and um, fighting for what (laughs) I want. And um, as I went into college, it just seemed daunting to go an additional three years and go straight from undergrad to grad school. And I got married right out of undergrad. And my husband was in the army and uh, I moved around all over the world with him for about 15 years. Always in the back of my mind to go to law school, and at some point, uh, he came home one day and I said, "You know, I have applied to law school, and I have these two small babies at home." And I said, "I applied in our hometown, and I'm heading back there, and I hope that you can find an assignment." But I've struggled to always find my own identity, and when you're an Army spouse, you are. You're either the sergeant major's wife, or me. I was either the lieutenant's wife, and he progressed. I was the captain's wife, major's wife, colonel's wife, so forth. And and although I loved what we did in the military, it wasn't a separate identity for me. So came back, went to law school with the support of my family, helping with the children. He did get an assignment back here, and from there we just made it all work.
0: Nice. So did you ever work at a like a larger organization where you kind of like you know, built your career and then you decided, you know, this type of client wasn't being serviced and I'm going to do this for, for, uh, for the client. Or like, how did you kind of, uh, I guess, what is your, what is your professional path kind of look like once you, once you identified, you wanted that identity, like, cause we all kind of have that thought, but like, that's a big step to, to actually go for your dream and do it. So how did you kind of do that?
1: Well, I, uh, when I came to law school because I came and attended law school later in my life I wasn't straight out of undergrad I knew I was going to be competing with younger folks entering the professional community so each of my summer breaks I had some sort of internship so that I would have a decent resume coming out but I really had the luxury since my spouse was working Uh, To take my time and really think about what I wanted to do and all of those internships really led me in a certain path I ended up at a full-service law firm during my third year of law school and I was in the family law division of that firm and I really liked it because it married all of my past experiences together as an army wife I and and prior to that I was my father was Navy so I've always been a military dependent I've always had the Great opportunity to be around a diverse population of people. And when I was with the family law firm, it gave me the ability to see how I could put those past experiences together to help families move forward. And I did work, that firm was great, and I was with them for about five years, but I started to get restless, like I tend to do. And I wanted something more, something that I Could own and make a difference in really focusing in on how to address family needs that are in crisis. And you see that frequently in the military with changes in rank, changes in duty station, and changes in deployments and world conflict. There's a lot of difficulty with families, and I thought the two would marry up well in that practice area.
0: Nice. So you're kind of at this larger firm. What's the first thing you do to kind of get started with your firm?
1: Well, I started researching, of course, what it would take to even open a business, and I was doing that together with several other attorneys, and we were collaborating to see if we could make something work together. We took about a year to do that. We did a lot of financial research, research, market research, those types of things. And it became clear at about nine months that it wasn't going to work out with these particular people. We just weren't on the same uh, mindset as to what the organization would look like. And out of that group of attorneys, there was one that I just connected with. Uh, She's younger than me. She's my business partner. That's Corinne. And we started talking, and we decided, hey, we're going to do this together. It doesn't have to be a big endeavor. It's a big step but we can do this and so we felt like we had the technical skills and then the big question mark was whether we even had any business skills because neither one of us had a business background so we started off with just the two of us and my sister acted as a receptionist and it worked very well that's awesome (laughs) but we didn't know how to do anything we knew how to practice law but we couldn't even print an envelope Mm -hmm. and you know I I would ask my husband to come and, you know, can you figure this out and put those the technology together for us? And he just said, Kim, you and Corinne cannot afford to not have someone here. And so we asked I, a former uh, paralegal that we'd worked with if she'd like to join the team and take a leap of faith to see if we could do this. And she came over and she she trained us on some of the technical things that we had had the luxury of not thinking about until we became business owners and from there the team of us just grow grew and it took off
0: what like what year are we talking here is this um, like when was this when you were first getting started
1: we opened the firm in October of 2010 so we are entering our 10th year very excited
0: Congrats
1: yes for a small uh, business the statistics tell you that you're not going to make it that long and for a woman-owned business, we've really taken the team approach to it. Attorneys were naturally competitive people, particularly litigators, which we are in family law, we're in court 50% of the time. We intentionally designed the firm so that everyone that works with us, we're not in competition with each other. Uh, We are not really in competition with other businesses. We think we have a unique boutique firm focused specifically on the family and even in the design of the physical space doesn't really look like a law firm. We chose colors that were calming. We took all the mahogany out and we put calming carpeting and flooring and just intentionally uh, took the books away so that when people came in, they just didn't feel intimidated by the process that's already naturally stressful.
0: Mm-hmm. What, um, how did you get linked up with your co-founder how did you guys first meet
1: we worked together at the full service firm and she was doing about 50 percent of civil litigation and about 50 percent family law and as we started talking we realized we had a similar worldview we money didn't drive us of course we want to make money we want to be able to pay bills but We felt like if money was a singular focus or the goal, that that's how people tend to get out of balance Mm -hmm. by chasing the money. And we thought if we had a good product and a good experience with clients and with other business owners and professionals that we know building relationships, then we could make it work. And we have. And so I was very fortunate because she's much younger than I am, much smarter than I am too. Her gifts and my gifts really married together. And after it sifted out over those nine months of negotiating with others, we could really see. And then as soon as, as, soon as we put that to rest, we took off.
0: How did you attract, like, the first clients? Like, what was, like, like, how are you getting the word out?
1: Well, that was really the scary, one of the scariest things is how do you know? I, I was born and raised here. And so I had the benefit of having a foundation of people who knew me. They certainly didn't know me as an attorney. And as I started, of course, when I was in law school, I was starting to reconnect with people that I hadn't seen in the 15 years that I was traveling with my spouse and letting them know. And I wasn't really finding that they were referring to me at my full service firm, but immediately as I opened the door, it just seemed like all my relationships were supportive and were sending people my way. A big referral source was simply my former clients. They had a good experience with me, and I, I feel like one of the great things about Corinna and I are that we're very relatable. And so we come from a position that we're going to sit down as a team member and we're going to find out what your goals are and try to move that forward. So that was a huge um, source of getting the word out. We Back 10 years ago, you did see more print media, and so we just did a simple announcement in the newspaper, announcing that we were opening, and that came out on a Sunday. There's a business section at the time in Virginia Pilot, and both Corinne and I were going to a business or a legal function that day. It was a it was a um, reception for new attorneys, and some of the older attorneys said, "Hey." I, I just saw your announcement in the paper. Is that you? I said, yes, tomorrow I open the doors and I'd love to come over and meet with you, tell you what we're doing. And from there, you know, just connected from that one little article, there wasn't too much marketing 10 years ago for the legal community in social media. So, um, that wasn't an area, but you know, everyone had a Facebook. So, you know, your personal friends knew what you were doing and we were just blessed with an influx. we Did not do any direct marketing, I would say, for probably five years. Wow. Yeah, except for our website. We always felt it was important to have a decent website, not one that we didn't have the skill set to create a website. And so we sought after someone specifically. And one of the things we also did that I'd love to mention is small boutique law firms did not brand when we started and that we felt like that was very important so we spent the money to have someone create a logo for us and i had known a graphic designer in the area just through coaching my daughter in soccer and i approached him and i said this is what we're trying to do this is what we're are, we're about we're about family strength community and from that i said i feel like a tree is in that design and he said okay and he came up with several examples and from that We had that design that we have trademarked and that we use on all of our um, marketing, whether that's just the Facebook, our business cards, all of that. We have a, a slogan that we've also trademarked and that's helping you move forward. And we felt like that was different. That kind of set us apart where we took money that from our families, you know, our savings and poured into that before we opened the door. So when we came out of the block, we looked professional and we looked different.
0: Some really good uh, lessons there and themes. Um, one theme with kind of the upfront research, I'm kind of jumping back, but the upfront research that you did before establishing the firm, you know, that seems like that's just a common theme um, for someone maybe starting up anything. Um, and then like the investment into brand, you know, differentiating yourself, standing out and in a time where you kind of look competitively and you're seeing the boutique shops they're not necessarily um, branding themselves so i think that's really that's a that's a good uh good theme there so um <clears throat> maybe um maybe talk about some things that are just like you know you're super excited about or like maybe any any um, outcomes over the past 10 years like just what's what gets you up in the morning what makes you really excited for the work well
1: what's super exciting is that as a business I can help other individuals support their family. So that has nothing to do with the practice of law. But we're a team now of 13, seven attorneys, and um, six. we have four paralegals and a social media marketer and our receptionist. So all of those people come to work, uh, just not out of the goodness of their heart. They need to make a living to support their families. And so that really weighs heavily on me because there are days that it's been hard anyone that's a business owner that hasn't had a bump in the road or hasn't had some struggle really is not scaling and growing their business mm-hmm. uh, they're really just treading water yep. and that's very important for karen and i we've intentionally spent hours working and thinking how we're going to grow so that all of our team members grow and we lift them up and uh, one of the things we started doing three years ago was coming up with an annual theme for our for our business for the year for season we started out with accountability in 2018 that was a year of accountability and we just kind of checked ourselves and all of our team members did too through accountability we didn't give up accountability when we moved into 2019 we just built on that and there was a big movement on wellness particularly for attorneys, because there's a lot of uh, substance abuse and suicide rates uh, among attorneys, judges, and law students. And so we took that seriously, and we built on that. And this year, it's consistency. And we think it's a, you know, always in your practice of law, you need to be consistent. You need to consistently keep deadlines. You have to produce great work product. But ascending from the practice of law is just really supporting the business community, supporting other Young women that are either trying to open a business, whatever that business is, or practice law, we met at uh, a panel where I came as an older person. I came and I wanted to see, and it was a panel of millennials. And you and I, because I hire millennials and younger folks, I I felt like it was important to understand them. And so, a lot of attorneys spend all their time in legal thought and we just feel it's, you don't really grow from there. So when we met, I remember one of the panelists saying um, and answering a question as to why, why do you millennials think you can come through the door of your employer and run the world and start a business and, and run it and, be, and, and one of the panelists said, because on my phone, I could, I could start a business now, I can create an LLC, I can do everything while we're sitting here. And I thought, these are the people that I wanna get to know. Because that may not have been the thought in my generation, but I love the spirit of that. So that really gets me going. Um, It does for my business partner as well because we just want to keep growing, supporting the community um, in our charitable works, um, in our involvement, our time. And so that's really what gets me up. And of course, always the clients. I mean, they're the ones that support us and continue to support us and send people our way because they know we'll take care of them and we will help them move forward, not take advantage of them in a stressful time and season in their life. So that's very important to us.
0: That's great. And um, just a lot of key themes in there. You know, I, I think about this kind of opportunity that you saw, like, you know, sort of like later on in your career and, you know just going for it and just making it happen. I think that's um, that's something that a lot of people can definitely find inspiration from and um, you know, also find lessons from um, kind of sticking with sort of this executive leadership uh, theme a bit. Um, maybe talk about some of the kind of high level strategic coaching or like outside, like say outside of the legal um, thought like what are some things that you kind of use to like sharpen the tool or like, you know, just, you know, you mentioned, you touched on, you know, you go to a panel and kind of uh, expose yourself to outside, uh, maybe opinions and thoughts, like maybe touch on that. And and another thing, if you've ever had any mentors or if you have anyone that you get kind of counsel or advice from, maybe you can share some thoughts on that too.
1: Sure. I have, um, there's areas that I just don't, don't come natural to me one of which is it's the finances and how you're collecting in money and you're paying the bills like that that I know how to do I've run a household it's that's no different but when you're thinking about I need this capital to do this when we move from one building to the next and we then we moved from that suite and we took the whole floor you have to plan for that and you have to understand your balance sheet and your general ledger and all those things that just don't come natural to attorneys and they don't teach you that in law school. So I think it's been about a year. I went to a conference in Austin, Texas that it was called the four day MBA. And that was put on by Keith Cunningham. I chose to go there and spend that time. It was four very intense days of two of them were understanding your books. What did they mean? And and everyone thinks, well, my revenue is 1.5 million, but What does that really mean when you take into consideration the time factor? So he went through, you know, what's your percentage of growth over time, things of that nature. And the last two days were how to maximize your business and and move that forward. So that was one of the things that I did. I had been listening to some podcasts uh, from professional development folks, one of which was Rachel Hollis. She had mentioned that she had scaled her business to a degree but was embarrassed to ever admit to her people that she didn't understand her books at all. Mm. And she said, I went to this, this Keith Cunningham and she said I was in tears because for finally, after all these years, I could make sense of this and I was so embarrassed to admit it. I'd already heard of Keith through my spouse because he attends some of his um, lectures. Um, it's very important to plan and he's a big planner. And so when I heard that from her, I thought she might be a like-minded person. So I started listening to her podcast. Corinna and I attended her first business conference that was in Charleston in November of 2019 and really got inspired by such a diverse group of not even ladies. They were just women. They were men, too, that were there, some that had been business forever, some that had not. So we made a lot of connections that way. Um, as far as mentors are concerned, I was thinking about that last night because that's a question that comes up a lot for me. Um, I would say my the primary mentor, if I think back on my life, really has been my spouse. Um, to watch him go through what he went through as an infantry officer at a time where he was an ROTC, we met in college. We never really thought there would be any conflict, any war during our lifetime. We kind of thought that foolishly thought that was behind us. He entered the service in 1988, and we have been in conflict ever since. And to see him grow through that and have to mentor young soldiers um, in a time where their life is at risk, he's always been a good check and balance for me. So Got he it. could say, Put you know, have you thought it this way? Quick. Absolutely. And, you know, at the, before he retired, he was a, he was a colonel in 06 in the Army. He has an MBA from Syracuse, so he has in a finance undergrad. So he has a business mindset, and he's been a great mentor and a model for me in uh, focus and in strategic planning. He's a very good strategic planner, and where I might have all these ideas, and I think that's what I struggle with too as a business-minded um, person. Now is that I want to do everything, mm-hmm. and there I have so many ideas, and I don't let. Well, you know, at 50 plus, really, do I have time to do that? And I feel like, yes, I mean, I'm never going to stop uh, right now. I'm learning Spanish.
0: Are you People, really?
1: And everyone's like, why are you learning Spanish? Even my tutor said, why are you doing this? I said, because I want to. What and are what you I using
0: know? To, to learn it? What are you
1: doing? I, there's an audible program. I listen to that. Um, a lot of when I'm driving, if yeah. I'm not listening to a podcast, a I'm learning that there's an app on my phone and then I have a tutor and i studied spanish in high school and of course i didn't have anyone to talk to so i lost it and as i've moved about and as we've had uh friends that are from countries that are native spanish speakers i've always tried to uh, pick up some of it i can read it and understand it a whole lot better than i can speak it and that's what the piece i want to put together and i think it's important it's in America, yes, they have us learn. They try to have us learn another language. Some most high schools require it, but the truth of the matter is, you're not really learning it to apply it. Yeah. And where I can remember back to some of the lessons and the conjugations of verbs and so forth, I just wanted to wrap that package together. And and I think it's a beautiful language, and it's just I always like to learn something new. My husband says, "You always have a project, Kim. When are you going to just relax?" And I said when i try to sit still i'm not relaxed so i want to constantly do something and so he's my number one mentor but i've certainly had judges that have mentored me along and i've been blessed by that other attorneys um, my business partner is a great mentor in spite of her being younger and different generation from a different uh, raised differently she's been a great mentor to me at from an intellectual standpoint
0: no, that's super. That's super good. So many gems in that. Um, I'm I'm going back to the Spanish thing. Um, how did you find? <laughs> how did you find your um, your tutor or your uh, yeah? How did you find the tutor?
1: Well, I think I found her like you find everything else now on Google. Yep. So I googled her. I researched her. I called her. We spoke. It was important <laughs> for me to have a native speaker teach me so that I really want to pronounce the words correctly. And I don't want to butcher someone else's language if I can help it. I know I do, but I'm trying. And so she, we met, we meet once a week, and um, she's been, you know, a gift. And I, but I really have to consciously carve out time because I really don't have an extra hour in a day. But that's what's important to me right now. And uh, aside from the growth of the business, is just learning this language. So that's one of my goals for 2020: is to be able to speak the language well.
0: Well, that's a nice segue. I was going to ask you what type of um, goals or just anything in the new year now. What type of uh, focus do you have? Are there any anything anything I don't know anything that's coming up that's uh, you know you're thinking about um, and, and kind of maybe as it relates to marketing and just like word of mouth. I know we kind of started off talking about okay in the early days it was kind of all inbound or word of mouth and you know maybe some print here and there. Um, how are you thinking about kind of um, communicating what, uh, you know, your organization does, what it does for clients in 2020?
1: Well, with the theme in 2020 being consistency, what we're working on in the firm itself is that we're consistently giving the same experience to our clients. So that is in keeping with our brand. And, and what we're trying to do from a marketing perspective Is We have hired somebody to be a full-time marketer, mainly social media marketing, because that's really where everything is at right now. That and content-based marketing like blogging, which again is on the internet, which is social media. That was an investment we intentionally decided to do. Again, we're not seeing a lot of firms have a focused social media marketer per se, and we're hoping that it works out. Of course, what we've learned through some of these business seminars and podcasts that we listen to is it it has to be measurable it it's a nice idea but does it work so in 2020 we're really focused on that consistency factor with the social media is it working is it are we getting gaining brand recognition are we bringing in more people is our message clear and sometimes uh, you know with attorneys There's this joke that, you know, attorneys make simple things complicated. (laughs) And, well, that can be true because there's a lot of things going on in our head and we're always spotting issues. we got to focus in on what this particular client needs. And we have been blessed to be able to practice in one area as opposed to be a general practitioner. We're really specializing in the area of family law. So with the social media, we are we're ramping up the blogging, um, and we're trying to make it focused. Right now there's a, there's a movie that's out called The Marriage Story that Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are in. There's a lot of buzz with Golden Globes and Oscars and things like that. So we all watch the movie, and now we're pulling parts of it um, out to speak about it. You I know, like that. Are these how attorneys look? Is this how they behave? Do they all behave this way? Is this really what we see in the breakdown of a marriage when a divorce process gets laid on it? How do the interities impact it? Is it good? Is it bad? And it's interesting because a lot of the buzz on the Internet, you're hearing other attorneys say, oh, yeah, that's, that's how it's done. And no, it doesn't have to be that way. Banter. <laughs> right. I don't have to take what you've told me as your goal and convert it to something I want. It's not about me when I represent a client it 's about you and your goals now, if you come to me with unrealistic goals i 'm going to tell you, but if it is in keeping with what I think will work and we can manage, we work towards it and i don 't ever lay over what my my idea of what I think your family should be like that 's your decision to make and so what we saw in the marriage story is this one one attorney was like a friend you know she kicked off her shoes, she you know tucked her feet under, sat on the couch, hugged her. And, you know, all that's great, but in the end, she said, hey, you know, when I drafted it, you've got 60% custody. And the the client, Scarlett Johansson, says, but I wanted 50. I wanted it to be 50-50. And, and the attorney says, well, I know, but I didn't want your husband to feel like he won. And I saw that, and I thought, does the public understand that? You know, does that sound like a win? Because I, I didn't feel like it was a win for the, the client who said, That's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I wanted Mm
0: 50-50.
1: And so I felt like that was a really big moment to capture as far as our branding is concerned and take something that maybe more of the masses have seen in a movie that's been in a theater and say, hey, you know, not all attorneys are like that. Um, If you tell me you want 60%, I'm driving for 60%. But if you tell me you want 50%, that's what you've decided as a parenting decision that's best for you. And I'm going to work towards that goal. I'm going to help that move forward. So that's kind of what we're looking at with our media is try to get creative. You know, you've met our media director, um, Mills, and she's very excited. She's not an attorney, never worked in a law firm. And so she's seeing it. We've asked her to actually write a blog post about the movie because she has greeted all these clients coming in and, and has gotten to know them. And she said, does this really what happens in a family? And how sad it was when you saw it portrayed on TV. And so I thought that would be an interesting perspective too, but 2020 trying to measure, does this work? Are we getting our message out? Are we getting the brand recognition? And, and that's, you know, when, when we met and you certainly explained on the panel what you were doing with making these bags out of re- recycling these water bottles, that stuck with me over time so you had gotten a message out yes and then i started seeing you here and there and i said i know him you know i've have seen him on a panel and look how great he's doing and thank you you know i you know i was excited for you and um in spite of us, you know, you're not practicing law. I still have been out there watching and hoping that things would go well, and they seem like they've gone very well for you. very Well, pleased. thank you.
0: No, we appreciate it. You know, I think um, there's a lot of themes here. I mean, just the, I think doing the right thing is the right thing is the right thing. Like that's kind of like I'm, I'm thinking about like a customer of ours. Like if they want a certain. Uh, outcome with the product if they want their you know material to be visible or if they don't you know like we're definitely we're we're driving towards what what they want and kind of do that in uh kind of a good faith scenario so that's definitely can resonate with the creativity of you know dissecting something happening culturally publishing content around that <clears throat> excuse me blogging around it and communicating about it and uh you know, that's something that I, you know we definitely think is important um you know product or service you know it's how do you how do you come how do you connect you know how do you make that emotional uh you know connection so
1: well I think a lot of it comes down to something very very basic that's not always been obvious to me but it is now and that is relationship building mm-hmm. so you meet someone you, I'm just a curious person. Yep. I'd, I'd like to get to know you. I'd like to know, hear what you're doing. How did you do that? You know, kind of what you're doing here. You're interviewing business owners, but for us at Phillips and Peters, we've really been focused on building relationships, whatever they are. Is it the person that comes in and cleans the bathroom? Yes, we know their name. We know about their children. We we care about people to the we're in town bank building to the president that's in the Norfolk you know, we know about him he knows about us we've invited him down it's just really getting, on getting on to building. know people yep. and oh yes got the name on the building oh they, they re- tried to resist me on that and I said <laughs> <Did> no <they? laughs> no well in in an urban area there's usually ordinances that govern how much external signage you could have and at the point that Corinne and I took an entire floor of a building we said you know what we're going to have a sign, and the landlord had a team of folks that negotiate for them, of course. They don't do it themselves, and they don't need to, and they're lovely, lovely people and great landlords, but their team came and they sent a team of men, and not just their commercial real estate person, they sent their comptroller and kind of the superintendent. All these men came and they were sitting in our conference room, and I was prepared for that. I had gone outside and taken a picture of every external sign. And ha- and I pulled the um, square footage from the city, I knew what the ordinance was, we'd done the math, and then we just overlaid a, a thought of, I don't care, I'm gonna have a sign. Yes. And so where when we first entered into a lease with them, we had a smaller portion, and it was, no, you're not gonna get a sign. And I thought, okay, well, as a small child until this day, every time I hear the word no, I hear, oh, you want to oh, have a challenge. Okay. This <laughs> is going to be, you know, a little bit more difficult for you than you think. You yep. think no is going to be a word that I walk away from, but it's one that I dive into. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I said, hey, you know, we're going to have to have a sign, exterior sign, and they said, "No, nah, it's not possible. And I said, well, let me show you how it is. Maybe you haven't gone outside lately to see your signage. And I showed them the PowerPoint and I got them to the point where they knew I was boxing them in. (laughs) And then one of the fellows said to me, and it was an older fellow. And I think it was, you know, I don't fault him for it. You know, he, he's in a different generation. He says to me, why do you want to sign Kim? And I felt my business partner kind of Stick her hand out as if she was going to save me from, you know, flying through the windshield, you know, at a hard break. She said, I got this. And she said, it doesn't matter why. And and so she said, we either have a sign or we move on. We have an entire floor of your building. We you have eight floors. We're going to have a sign. And they said, okay, I have a sign. Done. So <laughs> we locked that down. Now it's on to the next thing. But they've been so... Great, But I think they started from a perspective because the signage is so sacred in an urban area. And I understood that. It
0: looks amazing.
1: But the economic reality of it was, I'm sure we're driving a train significantly in this building. And we're good tenants, we think. So they did give us a sign, and it's been great. And over the years with our brand, we refreshed it a little bit just so it was more up-to-date. And, you know, that appeared on our site. You know, we changed that sign out and to reflect it. It's, it's a subtle change. Most people wouldn't even have noticed that we changed it. But we thought it was important to update it and always be fresh.
0: Love so. that. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate the time and the pearls of wisdom. Where can the listeners follow you? Where can they connect with you?
1: So our business is on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that's and LinkedIn and that's at Phillips Peters Law. That's our that's where you find us. And then personally, I am on all the platforms as uh, Kimberly Phillips or Kim H Phillips, as you see us there. But we're trying to be intentional, active, purposeful in our social media. And I have a different sense of humor than my social media's trying to managers trying to keep me on track, and um, so that I don't. Um, so I keep true to what we want to do, which is clear vision, but every once in a while I try to sneak in one of the things that I find humorous, and she's like, Kim, please, <laughs> please, this is what you hired me to do, so we're trying to be consistent in 2020, and, and hopefully we will.
0: Love that. Humor is powerful, so, you know, I, I think... Whatever your injection of that you do, I think it's, I think that could be <laughs> and I think you And I
1: think you need it in family law. They need to know that you're not a stuffy attorney, that you get them, you hear them, and that we're humans too. Like we, we have families, we make mistakes, um, we'll sit down and, you know, meet you for a drink if, if that's how you feel like you want to communicate. We try to meet people where they're at so that we can help them move forward and they don't tread water and we'll go from there.
0: Awesome. Thank you again. This has been great.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.